Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We've been talking about being home for Christmas. This has been sort of our little mini-series here in the last couple weeks, and this is the last one of that series, and we're sort of combining New Year's. New Year's is holiday, right? We're going to call this home for the holidays. Or, but we've been really talking about the peace of God and what the peace of God does for us, in us, through us, around us. And we talked about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. He's actually the Captain of Peace. He commands peace. His presence is, is the power of peace. And when he came as a baby in a manger, it was not a passive move. It was a very powerful move that transformed the world. And it didn't, he didn't come in the way they thought as a Messiah and come in as this ruler on a, you, you know, on a horse in power, as physical governmental power. But Isaiah 9 says that the government is on his shoulders. And it wasn't through his physical body or strength that Jesus came to provide power or to hold the government and the world together. It's his presence, his literal presence that keeps it all together. And so today, we're gonna talk about, and, and even last week we talked a little bit about the carrying that presence into our families, our neighborhoods, the responsibility of being carriers of that presence. Today we're gonna talk about the passport of peace. That peace is actually an influencer. When you carry the peace of God, the presence of God, and you are specifically cultivating peace in your world, in your spheres, beyond just your neighborhood, but everywhere you go, you see it as your assignment to be a carrier of peace. You're a world changer. Yeah, you, didn't, you might not have woke up today and thought in 2017, I'm a world changer, but you are. If you have the presence of God living inside you, you've accepted Jesus into your life, you're a world changer. You're an influencer of peace. You're called, like in this concept of having a passport, you're, carried, you're called to carry something with you with an authority with you everywhere you go. And we got a little photo of a passport here. How many of you guys have passports? Yeah, I've got one. I've got a couple stamps. I got Canada a couple times. Boy, that guy's been to Canada. Yeah, I've driven the Alcan. I hit a bear in Canada, so if you go through and you see a bear with a limp, just hit him one more time for me. <laughs> Sucker, he wrecked my brand new car. Yeah. But I also went to India once. That was, a, that was an experience. Been to Mexico a few times. Uh, but a passport is, is actually a powerful thing, isn't it? It gives you access to new spaces. Your passport, I remember going to India, and India is different than Alaska, by the way. Just the tiniest bit. And I remember that experience going into India. It was similar to my experience of when I went with uh, the Joneses to Mexico. We drove across the border. That was, a, that was an interesting thing. I remember going across the border in both scenarios, I remember getting off the plane in India and we're driving across the border. And I'm like double, triple checking. I got my passport. Right? I mean, when I was in India, I'm walking around, there's military holding their machine guns. And they're not super kind and loving to Christians in India, especially pastors that are propagating the gospel. They don't like us. And people get beat and harmed 
for the gospel all the time. I remember hanging on to that passport thinking, I need this thing. This gives me protection. This gives me access to this country. If I don't have this, I don't have life. I'm in serious trouble. There's other times I remember when I, a passport is also uh, something that beyond just giving you access, it also gives you admission. So you can have a ticket. It's like a passport. I remember getting my first ticket to an NFL playoff game. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And I'm, I'm, I was, I mean, I was hanging on to that stinking ticket. It gave me access to something that I wanted. Remember going in, we're watching the game, and it was the famous game where Marshawn Lynch runs his 67-yard, eight-tackle-breaking runs, and we were jumping and screaming so loud, we caused an earthquake. I was there. They call it the beast quake. And my little 230 pounds was making that ground rumble. <laughs> Sorry, I gave away my weight today. It's my goal this year and the new year to trim it up. Let's trim the tree. Let's trim the tree, right? Let's go, folks. <laughs> I got a passport. It's your passport to the Alaska Club, right? It's your passport. Access to, access to life, right? <clears throat> Peace is your passport. The peace of God gives you access. It actually gives you expanding influence wherever you go. Yeah? When, you can't, when you're a carrier of the peace of God, everywhere you go, it's like holding on. You have this passport that gives you access to new space. It gives you admission to new ministry. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. God blesses those, and I've got this in the Amplified Version, but I'm going to read it in the, in the New Living first, okay? God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. This word, or this phrase, God blesses, this is a powerful phrase. This, some, of the, some words in the Greek, when they translate into English, they use just one little simple word, but they have these really dynamic meanings, right? So if you just look in the Amplified Bible, great Bible, if you're wanting to just very simply like break out and, and go deeper into the word. But in the Amplified, it says this, blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called sons of God. But look at what blessed means. Enjoying, right? Enjoying enviable happiness, spiritual <laughs> prosperous, right? This is a weird word. With life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. Wow. Man, sign me up for some of that, right? Enviable happiness. I can't even hardly say that word. Sorry. It's... I'm envious of what you have. You have something I need that is not present in other circumstances. See, when you're a carrier of the presence of God, it is not like other things. When Jesus is in you, living through you, you're, you're carrying this power with you that it's an experience that's like nothing else. And when you come into the room, when you come into a situation, when you, are, when you go out and you take your passport and you go into a new space, you're carrying this kind of presence that 
People are envying. They're like, whoa, you have something that I really need. God put this hole inside of every single person, this longing, this loneliness, this need for his presence and for the experience of his peace. And you get to be the carrier of it. So amazing that you are the carrier of the gospel, the truth about who Christ is, the gospel of peace. The presence of peace, you carry it with you. Sometimes we need to reorganize our thinking and our understanding, deepen our understanding of what we carry, of what we have. What does that ticket, what does that passport give you access to? Man, we, what does it give you the ability to go get or to go influence, to experience? Well, people need some enviable happiness, don't they? Some spiritual prosperity. And we want to prosper in our spirit. You have the, you have the promise to prosper in your spirit and to carry that prosperity and spread it to others. How many of you know people need a little life and joy and satisfaction in the favor of God? Oh yeah, it comes in his salvation because you're a carrier of peace. James 3.17 says the wisdom of God is first above, uh, above all is pure and it's peace-loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others and it's full of mercy and good deeds and it shows no favoritism and is always sincere. In verse 18 it says here, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. The peace that you carry when you go in and you take your passport and you go access new spaces, you're a carrier of seeds of peace. You're called to go in there and just throw them at people. Just throw them into the situation. Get them in there. You don't need instant results in the kingdom because God is a God who causes things to grow. He just wants you to do the small stuff. You do the small part, he does the big part. You do the easy part, he does the hard part. He wants your faithfulness. He wants you to understand what you carry. He wants you in relationship with other people. He does. He wants us connected. He wants us to experience the peace of what it means to be a family. There is protection in our peace. There is strength in our peace. When we're unified and, and we're connected together, supporting one another, the peace of God is strengthening each one of our relationships. All of a sudden, the church becomes a powerful thing. And all you need is seeds. When you understand that the powerful thing you carry is a very small thing in your little seed-carrying bag, and your job is to go into every situation. When you imagine I'm going into the mall, I'm a carrier of peace. I'm going into my workplace. I'm a, I'm a carrier, an influencer of peace. You're reaching into that seed bag. You're like, how do I sow peace now? Now. Right now. And that peace can change nations. That peace can change the hardest of hearts, the most broken of souls. And you get to be a part of it. See, when you're a part of that journey in a person's life and you are the carrier of the gospel of peace and you sowed it into their life, they remember you forever. I remember the person, the multiple people who sowed the gospel of peace in my life. I'll never forget them. 
right? Huge influencers in my life. And we're connected into eternity. God wants you connected with more and more and more people. And he wants to see you use this passport he gave you and go take and carry peace. See, in other nations and other religions, they're very, they're very fatalistic. Muslim religion, Hinduism, if you are in trouble or you get a disease or an earthquake strikes your little city or town or a tsunami hits you, you deserve that. You must have done something evil and bad for God to punish you and you deserve it. And they don't help. They just walk away. But those that carry the gospel of peace, that carry Jesus in their life, they do not operate like that. See, the gospel of peace takes courage. It's a fight. You, the, the, the Christians run into those disasters. Why? Because there's something going on in here. They understand they carry something. They're an influencer. And when they go in to these spaces where no one else will go because the tragedy is so severe and they offer hope and life and peace, they, people start to open up. That influence begins to expand. And this is where we've seen radical conversions around the world. In the 1040 window where the majority of people don't know Christ or have never heard his name, these are the situations that Christians capitalize on to further the gospel of peace. As they go in to actually help. And they go in to carry the love of God, the peace of God, into the worst of places. Where are you willing to carry the peace of God? Are you going to be courageous to charge in to the burning building to bring the peace of God? to the disaster in the world, right? Which direction are you running? Like the firefighters on 9-11. When the building was coming down and people were running, those that had a cause and a mission and made a commitment to what they carried and what their responsibilities was, they ran into the disaster. Which way are you running? When you know what you carry, you run a different way. You run a different way. When you know what your passport gives you access to, you run a different way. It's an interesting story about Tony Campolo. When Tony Campolo was in a church in Oregon, he prayed for a man who had cancer. In the middle of the week, he received a telephone call from a man's wife. She said, you prayed for my husband. He had cancer. Tony said, had? She said, he died. Campolo felt terrible. Don't feel bad, the woman said. When he came into the church that Sunday, he was filled with anger. He knew he was going to be dead in a short period of time, and he hated God. He was 58 years old, and he wanted to see his children and grandchildren grow up. He was angry that all this, this all-powerful God did not take away his sickness and heal him. He would lie in bed and curse God. The more his anger grew towards God, the more miserable he was towards everyone around him. It was an awful thing to be in his presence. After you prayed with him, a peace came over him and a joy came into him. The last three days have been the best days of our life. We've sung, we've laughed, we've read scripture, we've prayed. Oh, there have been wonderful days. And I called to thank you for laying your hands on him and praying for his healing. 
But then she said something incredibly profound. He wasn't cured, but he was healed. How beautiful is this story? What you carry. This is a simple act. How many times as a pastor or a minister, you lay hands on someone and, 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 and you pray, God, just touch their life, meet their need. It's just a seed. Sometimes that thing grows rapidly and people just get healed and these radical things happen all because of God's purpose, his plan. And other times there are seeds that you don't really get to see what happens. You, you don't, and, and maybe if she never called me, how many times people didn't call back or write back and say, hey, this is what happened when, when you came into my life. And how many times are you and I going around in our life and we don't really realize the, what we're carriers of, the influence that we have. And we maybe miss or we minimize our behaviors or the presence of God that we're carrying. And we miss out on opportunities to expand our influence. This kind of story, this kind of power can happen every day in your life. It's, I don't want to should you. I don't like to should people. But you should do this every day. <laughs> Why not? Not in, oh, if you don't, you're in trouble, but... The, when you understand the opportunity that you have as the church, as the carrier of God's peace, the, the doors that, that just begin to open. Sorry, I was just about to cough. That weird you out? <coughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to throw up, I promise. It would have, have been terrible. It's on video. All right. <clears throat> when you see these opportunities, when you when you, would take, you begin to take advantage of those opportunities. You think about Superman, right? Of course you're about to think about Superman, right? Totally, you're with me. Superman, like, he knows what he is, right? He knows exactly what he carries. And he behaves very differently than we do. He's not real. When you watch just the movies or cartoons with Superman, he, when someone pulls out a gun, he behaves differently than people like us would. When something's exploding, he just goes right in. A planet is going to land on our planet or meteorites or whatever. He goes right into those because he knows who he is, what he carries. He's invincible. Unless, of course, he gets kryptonite, right? When you understand what you carry, when you know the power that you have, you begin to make the most of your opportunities. You begin to change the way you go in to situations. And you, you, instead of running and panicking, you stand firm like the man of steel. Say, come on now, bring it. Bring on your tragedy. Bring on your chaos. Because I carry the peace of God. Oh man, I'm a peacemaker. I'm not a run from chaos person. I'm a storm calmer. Yeah. I'm an, I'm an influencer. I'm a world changer because I carry the peace of God. It's an amazing story in the Bible about Mordecai and Esther. And it's, you know, Mordecai was an Israelite who returned to Jerusalem with Nehemiah out of the captivity of Babylon. But he was a Benjamite, 
and he was the cousin of Esther, and he, ra- and he was during the time of King Xerxes, right? So he raised his cousin Esther, which many of us know the story of, of Queen Esther, as if he was his, she was his own daughter. Beautiful story. She falls into this amazing place of influence. The king sees her and goes, I want that lady to be my, like, 50th wife or whatever. Okay. <laughs> In the time that Esther became this queen, Mordecai distinguished himself as a servant of the king and in a, in a really high place because he actually uncovered this plot that w- to assassinate the king. And he uncovered it and he became the hero. But a conflict stirred up because this guy, Haman, Haman, that Haman, he was a bad dude, and he was jealous of Mordecai, and Mordecai wouldn't bow to him like he would to the king. And so Haman got mad at this guy, and he started to conspire against Mordecai, and he wanted to see Mordecai hanging from the gallows. And he decided he was going to create an edict, and he sort of manipulated the system, and he set up this huge, terrible uh, edict that was going to wipe out all the Jews. Mordecai finds out about this and he starts to gather all the information. And he gets it all together and he goes and presents it to his cousin, the queen. And his cousin is like, what am I going to do? But Esther finds the courage because Mordecai is encouraging her. She's afraid because she knows that if she goes in the presence of the king without being summoned into his courtyard, it's instant death. Your punishment is death unless he extends his scepter and shows you mercy. So Esther's freaking out. She's terrified. And she sends word back to Mordecai. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. But Mordecai, a real peacemaker. This guy's a peacemaker. In Esther chapter 4, verse 12, he says, When Esther's words reported back to Mordecai, she sent back an answer. Do not think or he sent back an answer to her. Do not think that because you are in the king's house that you alone, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Ooh. Esther has a shift in her paradigm. We need a little shift in our paradigm, don't we? Maybe God's put you in your place or he's given you a passport to access new spaces for such a time as this. Maybe God wants you to get promoted in your job. Maybe he wants you to be the CEO of the entire corporation. Why not? Oh, maybe he wants a carrier of peace to further his power, his influence, his gospel in the world. Don't settle for average. Don't settle for just mediocre. You're a carrier of the peace of God. And the peace of God opens up doors of influence for you that nothing else could do. You have to access it. You've got to tap into it. And Esther, she gets all motivated. She's like, okay, go gather all the Jews and fast for me. And we're going to do the same. And if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. But we're going to do this thing. So 
So Mordecai goes away, and they all set this plan in motion. And Esther has the courage to press in to the conflict, to press into the danger, and she goes right at it, a carrier of God's presence. She walks in, and the favor of God is extended to her, and the king extends his scepter, and she lives. And she asks him, he goes, up to half my kingdom. Well, that sounds pretty good. I'm like, wow. Is that favor? That's favor. I don't know about you, but when the king says, up to half my kingdom, you know you've got a real request. And so she doesn't ask for anything right then, and she sets up this really clever plan to catch Haman. She takes him out. She takes that guy out. And Haman gets, he, he gets, he gets toasted. And all the Jews get saved. Mordecai gets elevated to the highest place, like number two to the king. He actually takes Haman's spot. All because of the power of God's presence, of their faithfulness, of their courage. See, Mordecai, his passport of influence was through his faithfulness to God and his commitment to being a peacemaker and being an agent of peace. Yeah? Just snuck out from behind the tree. Sounds <laughs> like a Christmas elf over there. Kind of freaked me out. It was weird. I thought a moose was sneaking up on me. <laughs> I was like, the, the tree is rustling. You guys know what I'm talking about? You live in Alaska? You hear the tree like running? At least he didn't snort at me. Just play those keys, man. Make it sound good. Pretty. <clears throat> you guys love Joel. Isn't he great? I love this guy. What a great worship pastor. Being a peacemaker takes courage, right? It's an active role of, of, of knowing what you carry and going after it. Think about all of the effort and work that Mordecai and Esther put in and prayer and time they put in, in their place of influence. They did not let go or let their influence slip. No, they said, God, expand it. If it's what you wanna do through me, expand it. Let's do it. Let's go. For such a time as this, and God, God's called you for such a time as this, be a peacemaker, an influencer, a world changer. Right now, not tomorrow. You're like, well, I'm old. I don't care how old you are. You're a world changer. You're a carrier of God's peace. When your body gets weak, guess what? He is strong. Jesus came as a baby, a peacemaker, a baby in a manger. He didn't need a strong body to change the world. Neither do you. Well, if God would just heal my body, then I'll go do something for him. You don't need a perfectly healthy body. From ashes and dust to dust. That's, your, that's what happens here in this world. How do you use what God's given you? This place, this space of time, this, this power of his presence. How are we going to use this? How are we going to carry it? Not as average, weak carriers but as influencers. Let's take that passport and say, God, will you take me to new places? Just, just take me to new spaces. Maybe God's calling you into missions. Maybe God's calling you into the rural places of Alaska. Maybe he's calling you to the streets, to the homeless, to the hurting, the broken, right here with us. Maybe to the schools. Maybe in your job. Maybe he's calling you to, to be an executive and to take those resources and create influence and expansion of God's kingdom. What, why is, he's giving you resources for a reason. He's giving you 
power for a purpose. Oh man, I want to be using your power, God, your power of peace. Oh, your passport of peace. I want to be a carrier of that peace. And I want to see it for such a time as this expand, change the world around me. Man, I'm going to sow seeds of peace everywhere I go. Power of your peace everywhere I go. Jeremiah 29.7 says this, And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you to exile. Say, what? These people are sent into exile because of disobedience. And God still has a plan for them. Like, I've messed up too many times, Pastor. You don't know. These Israelites, they were jokers too. If you're a joker and you've been making mistakes, guess what? God's not finished with you. And you're like, well, this world, it's like Babylon. So? Awesome. Great opportunity. He goes, listen, I sent you to go to work there. You're not to be apart from the world and hide from the world, to be in the world, but not of it, but a carrier of his peace. Oh, man. A peacemaker. And peace and prosperity are going to follow you everywhere you go. You see, it never says, you know, peace or, or like chaos and prosperity. War and prosperity. Angst and prosperity. Those don't go together. Peace in the kingdom of God Peace and prosperity go together all the time. Galatians 5.22 says that the Holy Spirit is the producer of peace. The Holy Spirit lives in you. He's producing this kind of peace that generates prosperity in your world. You're called to this city, this state, to make it prosper. To bring peace into it. What are you doing? Where are you at? What are you doing? Every day. God, this year I want to be used as an instrument of your peace to bring peace and prosperity to my city, to your job. You're in your workplace. That workplace should be making more money and having more peace because you're there every time. You're in your school. That place should be in be expanding. You're like, man, this is the best school in the city. Why? Because our students go there. And they're carriers of peace. You're at UAA. You're a carrier of peace. You should be the most blessed and amazing school. All because you're there. Man, I want to be a peacemaker. The righteousness of God comes when we cultivate it. When we cultivate in obedience the things God tells us to do and gives to us, it, it produces a harvest field of righteousness. Isaiah 48, 18, we're just about done. Oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves of the sea. Wow. We obey God's commands. We walk in his righteousness. We cultivate his righteousness through obedience. And we're obey God. You call me to be a carrier of your peace. I'm going to obey that. I'm going to cultivate this righteousness in the world around me. And I want to see it come and flow onto my family, flow into my workplace, flow into my place of influence, expanding it like just waves of peace just rolling over and over. Prosperity rolling over and over everywhere I go. Washing up on the shores of the sphere of influence that God has given me. Yeah? How about in your marriage? 
just waves of peace? Are you sowing peace into your relationship? Sowing peace into your children? Waves of peace over our children. Let the Holy Spirit produce peace in your life. Can you just do something for me real quick? I know this might be a boundary thing for some people, but if, if you could just lay your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you, is that okay? And I know if you're, if you're feeling really uncomfortable, please don't invade people's privacy and be weird because some people are new and they don't know anybody and they're like, don't touch me, okay? I get it, like, totally. But I just believe that God wants to pour out his peace on his body. So just begin to pray. Father, pour out your peace. Just bless them. I just bless these people with your peace. Fill them up with your presence. God, touch them with your presence. God, let your peace rest on them. Fill them up to overflowing. God, let them experience the fullness of your power, the fullness of your presence right now. God, I just love you. Let your love pour out on them, God. Let them encounter you. Let them encounter you. Fill them up. Fill them up, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.